Hello and welcome to Emerge, Evolve, Lead, a podcast for people in recovery from addiction who want to be better leaders. I got clean and sober when I was 24, and then I started my corporate career. After several decades, I left that job and created Emerge Leadership Academy, where I train leaders and coach people in recovery who are ready to step up in their career. My name is Maureen Rosgem, and I'll be your host. In my meditation this morning, I was asked to review my life, like in a flash of just minutes. All my big moments flash before my eyes, like the highs and some of the lowest points too. There have been many vacations and adventures. I've seen three out of five grandchildren born, and now I'm watching them grow up and participating as much as I can. In my advancing years, it seems like some of my years are going by like moments now. Like think about a time that you were looking forward to something and it felt like forever before that day arrived. And now, how long ago was that? I remember planning my wedding for 18 months and thought I would never arrive. And that happened in 1988. Then I planned a trip to Greece with my mom for well over a year. I remember we met every month and reviewed like travel books and we went to different Greek restaurants so I could get used to the food as we excitedly planned for our trip. I also remember being on that two-week trip and about how halfway through it, it was one o'clock in the morning. And I couldn't sleep because there was like this lively dinner party going on at the restaurant below my window. And I felt so homesick. I felt like I was just a world away from my husband, Paul, and my 15-year-old daughter at the time. And I missed them terribly. And when the thought occurred to me that I could be with them soon enough, like only a week from now, and that this was the trip of a lifetime... I somehow just drifted off to sleep and decided to enjoy my vacation to the fullest. Well, believe it or not, that was in 2005. I also counted down 1,100 days before my retirement from the Hartford. Um, That's like three years. So three years before I knew I was leaving, I had a counter and I would look at it periodically, like pretty much once a month and you know, see how many days were left. Well, that was in 2013. So it's just amazing how fast the time goes by. And then there was another trip of a lifetime. It happened in 2017 when Paul and I rode across this magnificent country on the trike and we traveled through 22 states and back. Well, he did. I didn't go the whole way but we had a map of the country hung up on the wall in our upstairs hall. And it we highlighted the route. We looked and counted at all the States we were going to go through. I broke the trip into four major parts of the journey. And I participated in leg two and three. And Paul, of course, rode them all over 9,000 miles. We planned that trip for many, many months. And I tried to plan for contingencies and, overcome our fears. Well, I had a lot of fears to overcome, but I remember um, really being worried about like, what would happen if the bike broke down or what would happen if we ran out of money? So I actually took money out of my retirement savings for that trip to be able to pay for all the gas and the hotel rooms along the way. And we made 
we made plans to stay on this date in this specific hotel, in this specific state. And that takes a lot of planning. So what would happen? What if we didn't reach one of our destinations? Everything after it would be screwed up. But I'll tell you something, we experienced so much. We finally went on that trip and some things we planned for and some things we could just never, never have anticipated. So the point is all of this life we are living is fleeting. And there are times when we get into a rut and nothing seems to be happening and we feel stuck. When you know you need inspiration, you must take it for yourself. You must find it and give it to yourself. Like we didn't get sober to be sitting on the sidelines or just posting on social media to see how many likes we can get. <laughs> Life is so much more to us now, right? We need to take risks continually and step up into the next level of being our best selves, of being who we really are or who we think we can be. And I know that I've had fears about stepping up into the next level. And I know you've had fears because we're human. Well, we've been given a lot of second chances for some of us, many, many more than just two, right? Addicts are like cats. We have many lives. We probably should have died many other times. <laughs> but for those of you that are choosing long-term recovery, don't let yourself get too complacent. Playing it safe means not challenging your brain or following your heart. Like we need to do both. Okay. So that means planning for the future and cleaning up your past, but mostly live in the moment. And we can cherish our past too. And, you know, we, we've got so many lessons that we learned from the past and we can implement them in the moment and enjoy life as much as we possibly can. Even what we think might be the crappy stuff, because honestly, it's a strong wind that creates a strong tree. So we have been through hell. We know what that's like. And now it's time to be just creating heaven on earth to keep growing and expanding. So if you need help, or you just want to talk about what might be next for you. And if you'd like to have a coach by your side to help, please get on my calendar at maureenrg.youcanbook.me. So we can have a discovery call. And if it makes sense, maybe work together. No hard sell here, just a conversation because I'd love to meet you and I'd love to help you. Okay, so now I'm going to share some lessons that I learned on the second leg of that incredible trip across the country on a trike with my hubby. <laughs> the first leg of the trip was Paul was on his own for four days riding to Chicago. The, and then we, I flew out to Chicago to meet him there. And so did my sister Robin and my brother-in-law, Michael, and 60 other adventurers on motorcycles. And we rode Old Route 66, which is affectionately called the Mother Road. Now, the second leg of that trip was like 2,448 miles across eight states of the 22 that we had gone through or were 
planning to go through. And it took us 12 days. This is like, well, 80% of that trip was done on back roads. We did some highways, but not many, only through uh, a little bit in California and Arizona. But it changed my life in many ways. And after that trip, I wrote um, a blog on what I'm going to share with you today, the 15 lessons in leadership that I witnessed and learned from the Mother Road Rally Ride Master, George Higgins. George, unfortunately, passed away this past April of 2022. George and his wife, Annie, had been the leaders of this tour for 20 years, except for when it was canceled during the pandemic in 2020. But we can all learn a lot from George. I know I have. Here's what I learned. First, I will tell you a little bit about him. He was what I consider a fantastic, unassuming leader, a very super nice guy. He had an unassuming personality, and yet everyone followed him, and we watched his every move. I mean, when you have 60 motorcycles coming in and out of restaurants, hotels, rest stops, and such, you need to be prepared. And so he was. George was 75 years old when he took us on that trip. Or no, was he older than that? I can't remember, but something like that. I, I believe he was 75. And when George put his helmet on, you better be getting ready to go. So when Paul and I first arrived in Chicago, George went around and conducted a short video interview of each rider and their partner, if there was one. There were over 80 riders on that tour and about 60 bikes. Well, at least that's what we started off with. We ended with, I think, 49 bikes. So some people peeled off along the way, but um, a lot of us made it the whole way. George focused on who he had in his group, and he took the time to get to know each of us. That is a powerful role model right there that you can use at work or anywhere in your life. So like in the months leading up to the ride, he sent out emails to touch base. He set expectations. He introduced us all to each other and pointed out cool and unusual things that we had to look forward to. He was not self-promoting in any way, but he sent us the itinerary and he also sent us all the hotels that we were going to stay at and which dates we were going to stay at and the information on how to call and make our reservations. So after our interview with George on that day, when he was videotaping everyone, I asked him, how do you get everyone going and ready all at the same time? And this is what he told me. He said, well, I listed all the start times on the schedule you received in your packet. So if we're going to be leaving at 7 a.m., we'll start lining up our bikes at around 630 at 6.55, I'll beep my horn once, which is your five-minute warning to get your gear on and start your bikes. At 7 sharp, I'll beep my horn twice, and then we go. In the beginning, I used to wait for the stragglers until I realized that every day I was waiting for the same few people. I'll never wait anymore. You've got to teach a straggler on day one not to be a straggler or they'll miss the train. And then he looked at me and he smiled. He didn't have to say it, but his look said, don't be a straggler, Maureen. <laughs> and we were not. 
So here are the 15 leadership lessons and, and the behaviors that I witnessed in George and that you can apply really to any leadership opportunity you may be in charge of in your life. So number one, plan ahead and be consistent with what you say you're going to do. This translates to plan, communicate, and implement, and then adjust along the way. And I say over-communicate any changes so that there's no surprises if you can help it. We rode every day, rain or shine. So if it was raining, you just needed to gear up appropriately. But that whole idea of planning ahead, super important. People who plan to, or, you know, uh, fail to plan are planning to fail. <laughs> okay. Number two, reward the people who are on time by starting on time. Like don't wait. You will quickly train people that you're going to be a late starter if you do that, or you'll train people to be on time. I remember when it, when it like came to leading meetings, at, in my corporate career, we always started about five minutes after the time of the meeting was that we was called for because we wanted to help people who had a previous meeting get to the room on time, right? Um, some people need a pit stop in between meetings. Do you remember that? It was like passing in the hallways. We don't do that anymore because we have virtual meetings. But even so, when that in that first five minutes, you also want to give people time to chit chat and have a little friendly conversation so they can get to know one another, um, whether it's on Zoom or in a conference room. But try not to cover any super important topics in the very beginning of the meeting, just in case people come in late, because then you have to repeat yourself. And that is not fun. But if you start on time, you'll train people that you're going to be starting on time. Number three. It's okay to be separated for a little while. Like George would always pull over at some point for others to catch up. But so long as he's communicated like the end goal, then you can allow your people to do things in their own way. If they get lost, let them know it's okay to ask for help. But if you're patient, they will show up at whatever deadline you gave them or whatever location you told them to meet at. Okay. Number four, don't share every little detail so that you can surprise and delight your followers with the special stops along the way. We did have an itinerary, but there were some surprises along the way. And the same thing in life, like it's nice to have a plan, but you also need to throw in some good things like celebrating milestones, having lunches, recognizing accomplishments and so forth. On the ride, we spent a lot of time in museums and we stopped at some really cool sites that only George knew about ahead of time. Number five, life is not a race. It's about the journey, not reaching the next destination. And this is true. We all know this and we've heard it in many ways, but it's really nice when you see the leader not only shooting for the big goal, but enjoying the journey along the way. Remember what I said earlier about planning for my vacations and trips? Well, that was half the fun. This is why surprises are so exciting for people because we look forward to things. It's not about covering the miles only or making, you know, making sure all the tax 
tasks are done. It's about the camaraderie along the way and experiencing everything, the weather, the conversations, the discoveries, the setbacks, the, the scenes, the, the vistas and the victories and so forth. Number six, regardless of the weather or obstacles, push on through and stick to the schedule as much as possible. So we did this on the road and we, it's really important to do this in life, like allow people to leave if they can't keep up or have other important destinations to reach. So this pertains to your team at work too. It's heartbreaking. Like when you lose your best person or they want to take another job, but instead of dwelling on your loss, focus instead on how much you help them on their journey and how much they helped you. So this means celebrate change. Okay. Stick to the schedule and celebrate all the adversity or all the victories along the way. Number seven, hydrate, eat well, go to bed early and take care of your physical body so you can enjoy the ride. Now, this means self-care really cannot be overstated. It's super important for enjoying life and ultimately having the energy to do everything that you need to do. No more partying till all hours of the night or burning the candle at both ends. Take care of your body. We learned this early on in sobriety and it's so important in life and at work. Do not burn yourself out. Be kind to everyone you meet and you'll meet some awesome people. This is at work as well as on our trip. I remember three people on our trip. We called them the Kiwis from New Zealand. They actually called themselves that. And there were, they were a husband and wife and a friend that they had along with them. And they had been on this trip like three times before. So they knew the route. And every once in a while, they would just take off from the tour and meet up with us later. And I was so afraid to do that. I was like, no, 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 I've got to follow the leader. And yet George said, no, you know where we're going to meet up. Feel free to meet us at lunch and go off if you want to go off. So once these Kiwis invited Paul and I to go off tour to a barbed wire museum and George just didn't care. So he, we took off and we were in New Mexico, I think. And it was one of the most amazing things we did. A whole museum dedicated to barbed wire. Like I never knew how many types of barbed wire there was or how many things that you could make with it either. <laughs> I'll just never forget those Kiwis for bringing us there off the beaten path. We did meet some really cool, incredible people on our journey. And you can too, whether it's at work or whatever adventure you're on. Number nine, if you hit an obstacle like rain, hail, or even grasshoppers, which happened to us once, don't stop. Keep riding so you can get through it faster. We've heard this before in country Western songs, right? If you're riding through hell, keep on going. You get through it a lot faster. Well, we were in Arizona one day and we saw clouds gathering from a distance and it looked like a fast moving storm was coming right at us. It was about 93 degrees out that day and we were hot. We were moving on a country road, probably 30 miles an hour. And when we got close to the storm, the temperature suddenly began to fall. And within like five minutes, it went down into the low fifties. That's like a 40 
50 degree temperature reduction. It was amazing. And the rain hit us cold and hard. We did slow down and there was some, you know, we were on a trike, but there were some two wheelers who started to pull over because they wanted to put their rain gear on. And we're, Paul and I were just laughing like crazy. And then it began to hail. I was hiding my face. At least I could look away from the rain. Paul couldn't look away, but we were like, oh my God, oh my God, this is amazing. How often do you get to actually experience something like this where you can go from hot and dusty to cold and freezing within moments? Oh my gosh. So we said, pull over, screw that. We're just going to keep on going because we knew it would take longer to get through if we just stopped. So anyways, five minutes later, we got through that storm and the temperatures immediately began to climb. We did stop the line. George did pull over after we were through to make sure everyone was okay. And then we took off and we're completely dry within like 15 minutes. So if you hit an obstacle, just go through it, go around it, go over it, but don't let it stop you. All right. Number 10, take care of your bike and your tools to avoid unnecessary delays. So you have to always start like every day with a full tank of gas and you're responsible to get it there, to maintain everything. So this is another way of saying, stay organized, keep your desk clean, make sure your, you know, your computer equipment is optimized or whatever tools of your trade that you work with and take care of your stuff and your body fuel and good fuel is really important for energy to make it through all those obstacles and everything else that you have to go through in life. Number 11, implement the buddy system so that you have someone to look after and someone looks after you so that no one gets lost. This world is too scary a place to be alone. You need to have a buddy somebody that you can hold you accountable and that you can hold accountable. So this is important on a team, no matter where you are, even the last person in the line on the motorcycle trip watched the second to the last person, watched the last person and vice versa. And also the leader made sure that the last person was always in the line and was, uh, they communicated to each other regularly on the road often. And with so much, you know, um, mental fatigue and emotional, you know, ups and downs in life, we really may need to make sure that somebody knows where we are and, uh, you know, who we are in this life. So connection is key. Number 12, history has much to teach us. So stop and visit museums along the way. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this except for don't forget the lessons of the past, right? It's important to remember so we don't make the same, same mistakes like we have done in wars over and over again in this country. But even in your own life, make sure that you have taken a good inventory and that you have cleaned up your history, your past, so that you can have smooth sailing ahead but visit museums along the road. So you can make your own inferences to that. Number 13, have a system of communication. On this trip, it was a CB and a printed itinerary. 
but everyone needs to know where we're going and where to meet up. So this is a system of communication and also make sure that you constantly communicate the end goal, the vision, if you will, so that your followers know where we're going to meet at the end. Number 14, at the end of the journey, you're going to celebrate and reward your followers with prizes and food. <laughs> In my leadership classes, I've asked all about all the ways that my managers recognize and reward people. And you get a lot of great ideas, but I will tell you that the number one way besides money, money is always number one. So the number two way to reward people is give them food. <laughs> food is a good motivator or just a nice way to pat somebody on the back and say, thank you. Thanks for doing a good job. Thanks for showing up and being on the team. Okay. And the last but not least, number 15, when your followers praise you, be humble and give credit to your team. Give credit to all of them for actually getting you there, for making it to the end. Being a good leader, not only about reaching your goals, it's about developing those people along the way and giving them the credit for the success that was created. Humility goes a long way here. You can't make it alone. Okay. So that's it. The 15 leadership lessons learned. I had such an amazing trip and I loved seeing this great country being led in that second leg of the journey by George and Annie. There were many people that they called, let's see, what did they call them? Repeat offenders who went on that trip multiple times because George would change the stops from year to year to make it more interesting. And he bonded with hundreds of people and created a really tight sense of loyalty. Now, this is what leadership's all about. And this is how you create loyalty in a company too, right? People will follow you if you embrace these leadership qualities. I highly recommend going on an adventure like this if you get the chance. And don't wait, like make the chance. Live life with no regrets like George did. This is one major bucket list item that we did cross off our list, but alas, many more items have now been added <laughs> and we keep crossing them off. Life is too short. So finally, if you have a good leader in your life, let them know how much you appreciate them. Leaders just don't get thanked enough. So keep reaching for your dreams and living life to the fullest. In this way, you will not only enjoy life more, but you will create a bigger impact. And I say it all the time, your contribution matters. It really matters. And you are a role model for so many other people who could be living a life in recovery. So keep on keeping on. See you next week. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends. You can visit us at EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com to take the quiz to find out what animal best represents your leadership style. And until next week, remember, you have so many leadership skills that you learned in recovery. Stop hiding because your contribution matters.